What do you do on Sundays? We talk about Kate Blanchett, the acting, the costumes, the awards, but mostly the Blanchett of it all. Oh, oh I'm not acting. <laughs> you think this is a love affair? I saw you, Erica, meeting in the middle. This is Sundays with Kate, and I'm your host, Murtada El Fadl. Welcome to Sundays with Kate, the podcast series about the films of Kate Blanchett. This time, I'm starting by talking a little bit about my process behind the scenes of Sundays with Kate. For every conversation, I try to match the film chosen for discussion to the guest. I have had some wonderful conversations and the success and ease of those conversations depends highly on the guest's familiarity and affinity to the subject. Whether it's the film or the director or the era and time the film depicts, or in the case of our few bonus non-Kate episodes, the actor we're talking about. For the subject at hand, the movie Thank God He Met Lizzie, this is a very underseen film. I couldn't think of any of my fellow critics or podcasters who have ever mentioned this film. That's because probably not many have seen it. Obviously, someone could just watch it and then come talk with me about it. But I decided to take this opportunity to try something I have wanted to do for a while now. I have admiration for podcasts that are written and narrated entirely by their hosts, like You Must Remember This by Karina Longworth or Sass Mouse Dames by Megan McGurk. Megan was a guest on this podcast and appeared on our episode about the good German. So for this time, come join me. It's going to be just me talking to you, listeners. Hopefully you'll stick around as I talk to you about Kate Blanchett's first ever role, 1997's Thank God he met Lizzie, which is known in some parts as the wedding party. But first, a little background on how I came to admire Kate Blanchett. Just as I was becoming conscious of movies and expanding my vocabulary of film, from the Egyptian movies I loved in my childhood growing up in Khartoum, into a more international flavor, Kate Blanchett appeared in Elizabeth. It was at just the right time in my life. So as I was preparing for this episode, I kept thinking, what if I had watched this first? After all, it did come out a year before Elizabeth. Would I have had the same undying devotion? So that's one of the questions I will try to answer today. But first, let's start with what Thank God He Met Lizzie is about. It's written by Alexandra Long and directed by Cherie Nolan. And it's another titular role for our Kate. It is the titular role! No. But the movie is really about Guy, played by Richard Roxburgh, and his search for a life mate. Kate appears eight minutes in. As usual, given the star's entrance, shown from behind, she turns in slow motion, and then she's revealed. And the movie is telling us this is someone we should fall in love with, or at least pay attention to. Look, I don't even know your name. I'm Lizzie. Guy. Richard Roxborough as Guy is immediately taken with her. The scene has a cat, some awkwardness and clumsiness, palpable attraction. It's a classic movie meet-cute scene. Guy and Lizzie have a whirlwind courtship, and before we know it, we are at their wedding. We don't really know what Lizzie sees in him. 
she's played by Kate Blanchett, so of course Guy would want to spend the rest of his life with her. She's collecting a man and, and sees this lunatic galloping down the road with a pregnant cat. And for me, that was it, really. That was what? That was fate. Well, you, you know, you, you know at one look that she's the one that you want to be with forever. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, darling. Hundreds of times. <laughs> it, it was, um, it was a magical moment. It felt preordained. The film's main narrative conceit, though, is Guy reminiscing about the one who got away at the wedding. And that's Jenny, an ex-girlfriend played by Frances O'Connor. Do you remember her? She had a thriving career in the late 90s and early 2000s, working with some bold-name directors like Spielberg in AI and John Woo in Wind Talkers, and starred in one of the many good Jane Austen adaptations, Mansfield Park from 1999. Yet, I haven't seen her in anything recently, even though IMDb indicates that she's still acting. But let's get back to thank God he met Lizzie. In flashbacks, we get to see the romance of Guy and Jenny, Roxburgh and O'Connor, from when they met to why they broke up. And by the end, he's supposed to reach a conclusion. Did he make the right choice with Lizzie? The dichotomy between Lizzie and Jenny, or Kate Blanchett and Frances O'Connor, is presented in a very simple binary. Blonde versus brunette, carefree versus reserved, sexually adventurous versus romantically inclined. Jenny is from a bohemian loving family, while Lizzie is from a wealthy family who are into appearances and making all the right connections. I can't believe that this movie went and cast Kate Blanchett as the not fun one. Come on now. This is a romantic comedy with an easy premise. Someone has to choose between two candidates for their heart. The choice should be easy and apparent to the audience. I thought I knew he'd choose Lizzie. That's what the title says. And Lizzie is played by Kate Blanchett. So of course he'd choose her. And we are literally at their wedding. But as the film played along, I became less sure. Just as Guy, in flashbacks, was becoming irritated with Jenny, with her impulsiveness, with her disorganization, with the way that she leads her life with no responsibility, it was fun at the beginning, but it wasn't fun to him no more. So I thought, okay, so he's coming to the conclusion that he made the right choice with Lizzie. But just as that happens, Lizzie's mother does something kind of unforgivable at the wedding. It's an odd subplot about a Vietnamese child Guy is sponsoring. I won't go into detail about it. It made no sense in the movie, and it will make no sense with me explaining it to you right now. I'll just say that it serves as a device to complicate Guy's feelings and ours about whether Lizzie is the right one for him. I will get back to that choice and the ending later. But first, I wanted to talk about Thank God He Met Lizzie as an addition to the wedding movie genre. Put the word wedding in the search box for IMDb or letterbox, and literally hundreds, perhaps thousands of movie titles appear. In fact, there are no less than 10 movies titled The Wedding Party, which is the name that this movie was released under in the United States. So what does, thank God, he met Lizzie add 
if anything, to the genre. I would say it's not a great addition to the genre. The biggest failure is in the supporting characters. When you think of a classic of the wedding genre, like Four Weddings and a Funeral, for example, that movie is as good as it is because it's populated with many well-drawn, funny supporting characters. Thank God He Met Lizzie keeps cutting away to conversations between some of the wedding guests, but none are funny or memorable, and the actress playing these parts just delivers lines that we are supposed to take as shocking and funny without actually having characters to play. There is really nothing for the audience to get invested in besides who is Guy going to choose. Another reason why this film has not endured perhaps is the odd note it ends on. One of contemplation, more open-ended than usually found in romantic comedies, which always have a definitive upbeat ending. And even when the couple at the center doesn't end up together, like, say, in My Best Friend's Wedding, it's still a happy, upbeat ending with some dancing and frivolity thrown in. Here we have an odd ending. Guy and Lizzie are together. We even get the requisite a few years later scene where they are shown with small children. But he's oddly contemplative about the whole thing. Kate as Lizzie gets to tell us her idea about the relationship. That she doesn't want a perfect marriage, but rather one that endures, implying that maybe their union is one of compromise. One thing I don't want is a perfect marriage. Well, that would be so boring, wouldn't it? Because, well, people aren't perfect, are they? And, you know, I think this relationship has a better chance of survival if we acknowledge that we're not perfect. It's an ending that is more true to real life, perhaps, than usually allowed in rom-coms, but it is one that sends a very strange note at the end. The audience leaves a bit perplexed instead of jovial. Guy gets the last word, and I'm quoting him here, and this is one of my favorite things that he said in this movie. The trouble with happiness is you don't know when you have it, you remember it. There are certainly interesting parts about this film, and this contemplative, frankly surprising ending is one of them. But the filmmaking is nothing special, and beyond the three main characters, the script doesn't fully realize any other character, and even our three leads are simply drawn. Even after watching this film, I couldn't tell you much about Guy. What drives him, what interests him, beyond wanting to settle down and get married. So where does this leave Kate Blanchett? There are a few moments in the movie where she's shown as verklempt and overwhelmed at the wedding. In those tiny moments, she comes closest than anything she has ever played to what Katharine Hepburn did in her rom-coms from the 1930s and the 1940s. You know, playing smart, capable, funny women who are so above the conventions of society and, frankly, the conventions of the rom-com genre. But that's the fun for us in the audience, getting to see her grapple with those conventions. I wish there was more of that. Her performance here reminded me of what Molly Haskell, in her book From Reverence to Rape, 
wrote about Catherine Hepburn's screen persona. I'll be quoting from Haskell's book. She says, and I quote, Hepburn was one of the few, if not the only actresses allowed to sacrifice love for career, rather than the other way around. The explanation usually offered is that her arrogance and eccentricity exempted her. In Morning Glory, where she gave up love for her theatrical career, the implication was that she would turn into a dried, defeminized old lady. Even in the hands of a sympathetic director like George Stevens or George Cukor or Howard Hawks, there was cutting edge to her parts as written. A kind of ruthless, upper-class eccentricity that was more a revenge on than an expression of her personality. In the Philadelphia story, she is attacked from all sides for her supposed coldness, of which there is not a shred of evidence. There is the furtive revenge of mediocrity on excellence. She is being convicted merely for being a superior creature. In Alice Adams, she is bitten by the most antipathetic and unattractive bug of them all, social climbing, and she manages to make it seem like the most charming of aspirations. Unquote. Lizzie, as Kate plays her, is definitely superior to Guy. And like Hepburn's characters, she's marrying him because that's a way to gain her independence. Also like Hepburn, she's a bit haughty and definitely a social climber. All of this is not really well explored in the script, but is apparent in Blanchett's performance. But the movie spends way too much time cutting away in flashback to Jenny. In our episode about bandits, we tried to answer the question of why Kate never made that many rom-coms, perhaps because the few she made had not been successful. I would count this as one and bandits as another. But here, in those very brief glimpses of the Catherine Hepburn persona, someone who she has played to great acclaim in The Aviator, we got to see what she can do in a romantic comedy. It's not too late, Kate. Find you a good collaborator now that you are producing more. My suggestion, Nicole Hall of Center. Imagine Kate in a heartfelt, poignant, and funny movie like Hall of Center's 2013 film, Enough Said. Now that would be amazing. I will finish what I have to say about Thank God He Met Lizzie in a moment. But before that, I wanted to say that Sundays with Kate is made out of love and is available free of charge for all to enjoy. However, there is a cost to making and maintaining a podcast. If you enjoy the pod and want to support, go to our website, sundayswithkate.com, and click on the support link on the main menu on top, or on the donation button on the right side menu. Every little bit helps. Or you can also support the podcast by adding a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help other people find this podcast. That would also really help. Thank you. Now back to thank God he met Lizzie. So how was thank God he met Lizzie received? From what I could gather and find online, the movie was well-received in Australia. Kate even won an award for it, the Australian Film Institute's Best Supporting Actress for 1997. They also nominated Frances O'Connor for Best Actress, and the film received nominations for costumes, production design, and editing. So they liked it in Australia. 
Here in the United States, I couldn't find much information. There are no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, no box office results on Box Office Mojo, apart from a trivia note that the film is known in the United States as The Wedding Party. There is no indication it was ever released. And just anecdotally talking to friends and people I know, this movie is unavailable and nobody has really seen it. I wanted to talk a little bit about Kate and Richard Roxburgh. They have a long and fruitful partnership. One can think of them as the Tracy and Hepburn of Australian theater. They have appeared together in many plays. I got to see them when they came to Broadway a few years ago in the present. Another time I saw them is when they toured with Uncle Vanya a few years before that. And Kate even cameoed in his Australian TV show, Rake. Roxburgh is probably best known to movie fans for his antagonistic role as the Duke in Baz Luhrmann's film Moulin Rouge with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. On stage in the present, Kate and Roxburgh had a combustible chemistry between them. They clearly enjoyed working with each other and were inspired by each other. Does this film show that early promise? Not really. If you had told me that this is the beginning of a wonderful acting partnership, I would have responded with that meme of Whoopi Goldberg from The View. Okay. And this is because the movie spends way more time showing Roxburgh playing against Francis O'Connor and not with Kate Blanchett. Kate might have the titular role, but she's definitely a supporting character here. I'm sad to report. As I mentioned that I'd like to see Kate in a Nicole Hall of Center movie, she should bring Richard Roxborough along for the ride. Even though they had scant few scenes together in Thank God He Met Lizzie to show us that easy chemistry, because even at the wedding, when their characters are getting married to each other, they're sort of separated or dealing with internal psychological stuff and not sparring together or against each other. So not so much time for that repartee that I saw on stage in the present. But in the early few scenes of their romance, that easy chemistry is evident. So it would be nice to see them play against each other on film again. Listen to them in this clip from a TV interview from 2016 explaining the plot for the present. They literally finish each other's sentences. <laughs> Definitely. Really? Yeah, you're a shocker. Yeah, probably. What's the worst thing you've done to her? To her? Yeah. Oh, I haven't done anything bad to you, have I, over time? No, but I mean, your character's pretty horrendous. Oh, yeah, the character's pretty bad. Richard's Let character, uh, Platonov, yeah. is going through a midlife crisis, and he doesn't buy the red Ferrari, but he sleeps with every woman who walks oh. his oh, way. Oh, wow. I'd prefer the Ferrari. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. If your husband buys a Ferrari, you're kind of, your marriage is yeah. likely to last. But, but the play, this, this play, though, the present we're talking about, is essentially a, it's a birthday party. Uh, it, is is what, it is. But it sounds like a good time, but it turns but into it's, something it's else. It's set on a 40th birthday mm -hmm. in Russia with a lot of alcohol, and it's like a terrible Thanksgiving lunch uh, where you've got all these people that you sort of love but you sort of hate, you don't get on with, and they're all going through midlife crises. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, and it's so, yeah, vodka a, fueled. There's, there's, yes. <laughs> it's very Russian feeling with a sort of Australian um, undertone. And yeah, I mean, it's a kind of it's recipe for, for, yeah, for anarchic disaster. disaster. Sounds, sounds like a feel good play. If you have chemistry in a TV interview, you definitely have it on screen. So let's answer the question I put at the beginning of the episode. If I had watched this first, would I have had the same undying devotion to Kate Blanchett? Probably not. 
She's fine and winning in the role and adds shades to the character that are not in the script. But there is a reason this movie has been forgotten. It's merely fine and it doesn't spend enough time with Kate Blanchett. And maybe that's the reason why it's not widely seen or available. So thank you for coming along. And if it wasn't for the generosity of wonderful and lovely listeners, I wouldn't have been able to see it myself. So thank you, Edia. And as usual, YouTube is our friend. There you'll find a few clips that will give you an idea about this film and its tone and performances. And if you've seen it, please, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought. Was I right about Lizzie? Tell me that on Twitter and Instagram, where you can find the podcast at Sundays with Kate, or you can find me on Twitter under M-E underscore says. You can leave also a comment on our site, sundayswithkate.com. And if you are so inclined and want to keep this podcast going, please support at sundayswithkate.com. You can click to support. Every little bit helps with maintenance costs. We have a few movies left to discuss, including The Big One Carol. So that's what we will do in the next few weeks. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.